welcome back to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS. And with me today, we have three members of our MTS team, our Managed Technology Services team. We like to call them MTS, but Managed Technology Services. So we've done quite a few episodes in the past, and those of you that have listened in the past, you've heard us talk about things such as data security and cloud hosting and all the kind of the latest things and the newest things when we were discussing them at the time that that are going on in the world of IT and technology. And today we thought we would revisit that topic because it, it has been a little while since we discussed it previously. And as, as you can imagine in that world, things are constantly changing, evolving. There's new updates, there's new products, there's new services, new ways to protect your information online, to keep your business safe. And those are, those are some of the topics that we're going to get into today with our three special guests. So, so with us today, just a, a quick introduction for everybody. Our first guest and kind of our featured speaker, or one of them, is Vince Ingalls. And, and again, you'll remember Vince from previous episodes. He's been with us, I think, three or four times in the past. And Vince is a senior solutions architect and account executive here at GBS and has been with us for a long time now, I think close to 20 years. So is that right, Vince? About 20? I wished it was just 20 years. Oh, <laughs> I myself. Oh, uh, in about, yeah, I'm at 24 years and I'm going to be approaching 25 coming up here. Wow. But you're only 29 years old. How is that possible? I don't, I don't understand how that's possible. Every year, my, my birthday was yesterday, <laughs> and I turned 29 yet again, Rich. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So in addition to Vince, we have Ricky Baird with us today. And Ricky is a solutions architect and an account executive, and he works closely with Vince. And we'll, we'll meet Ricky here in a minute or two. And then also with us today is Kyle Kimmerer. He is an inside account executive on the MTS team. And again, he works closely with both Vince and Ricky. And again, all three of these guys work together closely each and every day to, again, talk about data security and make sure that our customers are on the latest and greatest solutions and products that we have to offer to keep their their data and their businesses running safely and, and efficiently. So... Guys, thank you so much. Just welcome you all here and uh, really appreciate you taking the time today and, and again, addressing this topic that I think is very important for everybody to hear. So welcome, especially to Ricky and Kyle, who are first-time guests. Thank you, Rich. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Rich. Awesome, awesome. Hey, Rich, if you don't mind, too, <clears throat> since actually, uh, Rick, how long have you been with GBS? I have been with GBS uh, about six and a half years now. Six and a half years, and I know you started off a little bit in the application side and then went into the technical side a little bit, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and then Kyle, I think you're uh, you're still so many weeks in. I, you might have hit a month by now, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I'm about a month and a half in now. Month That's and awesome. a half. Yeah, and what's that, Rich? No, I was going to say a month and a half, and we dragged him onto a podcast already. That's That's kind of <laughs> cruel and unusual punishment there. I, well, he deserves it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're really, we're really excited to have you guys with us. And again, I, I think it's always helpful for the listeners to get new perspectives, different perspectives. We have so many 
talented people at GBS. I'm, uh, you know, each and every day I'm learning something new about someone that, you know, skill or background that they have. And it's, it's neat to have different people involved. So glad to have you guys here and uh, just looking forward to this discussion. So welcome. Great. And, and, and Rich, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear because I'm going to put Kyle on the spot today and I oh. love putting people on the spot when I have the opportunity. <laughs> Would you mind if I have Kyle tell us a little bit about his experience so far with GBS and what he's learned, because I think it'd be good maybe for our listeners to understand too. Kyle's an outsider, right? He was uh, with another company and we brought him on and I think he's going to be a great, great talent and asset force moving forward. But I'd like to hear a little bit from him because he is in the trenches now with us just in this month and a half. And I know there's been a lot to learn. I want to kind of hear from him what he is learning. That way our listeners can maybe hear what it's like from an outside person coming in here and then what we're really trying to focus on. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. As long as you're putting them on the spot and not me, I'm totally fine with that. That was me. (laughs) Yeah, Kyle, that's great. If you would tell us a little bit about your experience so far. Absolutely. So I think, I think it's important to mention that my degree is actually in digital media. So um, being on the MTS side, the IT side of things at GBS, all of the material is very new to me. So I'm in um, definitely a learning period right now. But, you know, I think over the past month, I've really been able to gain insight into, you know, what our team looks to accomplish with each, each client relationship. And what I've seen out of it so far is that, you know, GBS is a partner that is, is going to follow through on every project, every task, if there's potential for us to help out, right? So I've been on multiple trips with Vince so far, and I've gotten to see, you know, the way he's able to, to talk and kind of talk people through the technical side of things, because we're working with very complex security solutions, right? They're multi-layered. There's a lot of factors based on what in a company's online environment looks like, Right, there are many things that go into it and you're going to have very different landscapes for each potential client. So I think it's really nice knowing that I work with a team that is not only very informed about the subject matter that we're working with, but also cares about its people. Through many of the interactions I've seen and have gotten to be a part of with Vince and with Ricky, you know, we're always looking for the client's best interest in mind, even if that doesn't mean that, you know, we're, we're going to be the partner to provide the solution. Uh, and I think knowing that and, you know, going in with our best foot forward is something that I am very proud of to be a part of. Other than that, that's Vince, if you have anything, Ricky, to add to that, that's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel our, our company culture is so successful. You know, we're, we're a partner for the people. No, that, and that's great, and I'm glad to hear that's, uh, that's that's what you're observing, and hopefully, you know, we're going to continue that because you're the next generation, and uh, we just want to continue that with GBS moving forward. Uh, I think you said it perfectly. We're the partner for, for them, so we always want the, the best solution for our clients. Yeah, absolutely, and Kyle, it's been a it's been great having you here. Just these, I, I think I, I said to Kyle the other day, and I meant it, totally is a compliment, but I said to him, it feels like he's been here like six months. It just feels like he's been here a long time. I couldn't believe it was only really six weeks because he's just fit in so seamlessly with 
our culture, our team. It's just, he's been great to work with and great to get to know. So we're glad to have you. Well, thank you. And as much as that is a compliment to me, I think it's also a testament of, of our internal culture here. You know, it definitely feels like a family. It feels very, you can be comfortable with your colleagues. You can, you can ask them questions and not be afraid of, of being judged. So that experience has been really great for me so far with all of you guys on this call. Awesome. Good to hear. All right. All right. Very good. Well, thanks for that. So let's, let's kind of jump into our, our topic of the day. So Vince, data security, <laughs> where do you even start with this? Right. What, I guess what I'd like to know is what are, what are you guys seeing out there right now? Currently, what, what is causing companies grief, distress, pain right now at this point? in the field of data security and cybersecurity. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's necessarily the field, right? It's it's every single industry. Uh, Rich, I think, you know, we're working with a lot of organizations now from financial and banking, and obviously healthcare. We've talked about healthcare in the past, hospitals. We're working with government agencies, uh, court systems, um, gosh, insurance companies we're working with now too. and. You know, everybody's kind of got the the same grief, the same worry, which is their data. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, things, you know, we've talked about this before, but everything's on the computer. Everything's on the server. Everything's on the cloud. It's all data. And, you know, from a healthcare organization, the important data for them is their patient's data. And, you know, all of that clinical information, all of the patient information and their parents' information that's on there and the credit card information yeah. in retail, it's all about you know, credit cards, financial, um, all of their dollars that they have. And then it's also a human resource. So in every company right now, what they're worried about, and that big word is ransom and ransomware. There's other malwares that are out there, but uh, continuously every year, it's getting worse. There's more threats every year. We, I've looked at some charts, and then some years it was a 50% increase, another year it was an 80% increase, another year it's a 30% increase, but I've never seen a decrease. So everybody's trying to battle battle that, and, and the ransom attacks that's happening, they used to just go after files and, you know, people's files and then confiscate the files, or maybe, they, you know, that just encrypt files, but, you know, they would never take anything away. Now it's like, okay, it's encrypting files, it's encrypting databases, and then they've gotten to the point where people got smart and they're doing better with their backups, right? Well, what happens with the ransom? And now it's ransomware as a service, but people get their uh, data, you know, hit again with the ransom attack. I'm just using ransom or any kind of malware. I guess it's really a malware, malware attack. And now it's hitting the, uh, the backups too. So, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the folks that are out there aren't even really educated. They're thinking, oh my gosh, you know what? Yeah, I've got a backup and a backup soft site. It's away from my building, but I'm using the software to back it up, right? It's still now at this point, doesn't even matter. It's like, it's hitting all of the computers, all of the servers, it's attacking the backups to where now it's like, okay, you still owe us a half a million dollars or $3 million or whatever that mm. is for ransom because we've got your stuff and we encrypted your backup too. And so now people are getting even a little smarter. It's like, okay, we've got a backup, but then we got a backup of the backup. And then we've got, you know, all these other things going on where, okay, now these people still can't touch us, but the newer, later ransoms that are happening or malware that's happening is, okay, since people are getting way better and way smarter, the one thing that we're going to do when, you know, it's not us GBS, but it's what we're fighting against. But the people that are the, the bad cyber criminals, we're going to call them, they're 
now going in and just saying, you know what, I'm going to peel this little bit of data out of the system. I'm going to try to find like an Excel spreadsheet that has somebody's private information on it. Just one little file. I'm not going to like download all these other files and everything else, but I'm going to get some type of private information off of somebody's system. That way, when they get all their stuff up and restored and everything, I still am going to have that, that company pay me ransom because I've got private information. And if you don't pay me ransom, I'm going to put it out on the dark web. Mm-hmm. So that's even happening. So it's like, no matter what, you know, eventually every single layer that you add, it's going to, they're always going to find another way. So that's really what's causing a lot of people grief. And, and, you know, as I'm going out there talking to other organizations too, some people don't have that much grief about it. They think they're protected when really they should have a little bit more grief. They should be educating themselves a little bit more. They should get some more cyber security and, you know, the cyber insurances and things like that. Uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about later on in this conversation too, but that's, that's really the biggest thing that's causing people grief is that, and, you know, outside of that, you know, you've got your infrastructure, you've got, you know, people worry about their server stopping or things running slow, but really that's the number one thing out there right now. And I, I don't know, Ricky, if you've seen different, but, uh, or Kyle, but that's really, I think the, the primary for everybody. No, I think you hit the nail on the head, Vince. And I, I just add, I think it's, if somebody is out there that has a business and has data and they don't have some kind of grief or some kind of worry about malware, then they're not doing something right because you, you can never be too far ahead of it. And I think that's where we're really trying to help our clients is what can we do to put as much protection in place to at least mitigate or prevent these, these ransom attacks or these malwares. Yeah, I totally agree with both ricky and vince on those things i think and i think another thing maybe a common misconception that businesses feel is you know if i'm not a large business then there's no target on my back right if i'm not if i'm not a company that has 500 plus staff then i'll I'll be fine because ransomware is not going to be and you know have any effect on me there's not going to be any attack and that's just not the case people Ransomware hackers are going after small, mid-sized businesses. It doesn't matter who you are, how big you are. The, the fact of the matter is if you do have data, if you do have files, it, there's a threat. And if it lives online, there's a threat. Kyle, that's a really good point. Actually, and I, I don't want to stick on this too long, but, you know, this is a good, a good start to our conversation here. But mm-hmm. you, you actually said something that's really important to know. I was on a conversation yesterday with one of our partners, and um, this partner, uh, they deal with a lot of things with really policies and procedures, and it's like if somebody does get hit with some type of malware, you know, where they have to basically do some paperwork and file, and they have to let their client base know, and they're also dealing with the insurance companies and cyber insurance and whatnot, but as I'm talking to them, and they're doing also educational pieces throughout the country, they're, they're going out and sitting on panels, which I'm doing the same thing. He made a good point. He says, you know what, what's changing right now? How often are you hearing, you know, you used to hear the targets of the world and the, all these big, huge companies that were getting hit. You're not hearing that as often as you were a few years ago. The reason is, is because just what you said, Kyle, a lot of the smaller businesses are thinking, I'm not a target. I'm not mm-hmm. big, as big of a threat as these. Big. So guess what? They are now actually targeting the small to medium business on the ransom attacks more than they are the large retail stores because the large retail stores are also doing some other stuff too. But, you know, obviously the FBI should be getting involved with every single one of these. The FBI is tracking a lot of this stuff and 
those small to medium business companies are the ones that are the least prepared for this too. You know, so Vince, that is happening. Exactly. Vince, last time that you were here, I kind of reached out to the Amish community, which is tremendous manufacturing. Uh, and I started asking around about this kind of thing, and I was stunned how many people in these businesses have been hit. Mm. These are small to medium businesses. I usually don't interject in these podcasts. And I asked them what happened, and I couldn't believe how many said, we paid. We paid. And, and a, a few said no, and I think you'd be surprised that the, uh, many of these businesses have very, very deep pockets. Some of them are on the board of, of, of New York banks, but we paid, and I was really stunned because these are, these are small to medium-sized businesses, but uh, Vince is absolutely right. No, those are, that's a great, those are great points, guys, and great, great discussion. So I guess that brings me to a question in my mind is, okay, so, so what, what do companies today do? to protect themselves? What should they be focusing on to protect themselves? Maybe they're a company that has some things in place. Maybe they have nothing in place. What, what should they focus on to protect themselves? Yeah, I'll start off on this. And I, I do want Ricky to um, maybe fill in some of the gaps, but I, I kind of want to set the stage as a big picture. And mm-hmm. uh, the big picture for me is where does the attack start? So how does it get in? And that's your one worry, right? And then your next yeah. part is, how am I protecting myself on my computers and my servers and my data? And then you have the, you know, the next part of, okay, how are we backing ourselves up? And, you know, if it does happen, how are we going to restore ourselves? And then you also have the piece of, okay, if it does happen, then you have to worry about who are we going to tell? Do we need to talk to the FBI? Do we need to right. let the news know? Do, whatever. And then you also have on the back end, are we paying it? Are we not paying it? Right. And then, you know, you got attorney involvement that you should get involved with. I mean, it's just a big, huge, huge, long cycle um, of all of that. But I guess where I'm going to set the stage at is there's multiple, multiple layers that people should be looking at. And it shouldn't just be, Hey, I'm backing up my systems. And I mentioned that earlier in the podcast, I'm backing up my systems and I'm backing it up at somebody's data center. I'm backing it up at AWS or Azure that's not good enough. We've got a lot of options and, and we get a lot of partnerships with GBS and, and um, you know, we, we try to bring these to our clients and I'll be honest with you every month or a couple months, we're starting to send off email blasts. We're starting to do some stuff with newsletters. We're doing stuff with articles to our clients. <clears throat> every time we get onto the phone with our clients, we're letting them know, Hey, we've added this next feature set. Hey, we've added that next feature set. But all of those feature sets start literally from before that threat even comes in to where, and, and a lot of folks have this, but there's, you know, phishing education, for example, there's cyber education. It's educating your staff because the path of least resistance is the person sitting at the desk, the person that's on the computer, the person that's open the email, the person that's going to the website, right? You can have every firewall and every, you know, internet detection or intrusion detection and intrusion uh, response and all these other things. So IPS, IDS. You can have all that stuff enabled, but if you have an end user that's doing the wrong, making the wrong move and opening up the wrong thing, you could still get hit. If you're not changing your passwords and have complexity and all that stuff, you could still get hit. But it starts from there. It's on the education of the person or all of your all of your employees. Then to the next part is you've got your firewalls, like I'm talking about, and then you should have a lot of things blocked. Certain countries can be blocked, or all countries can be blocked. You can do a lot with filtering and 
and filtering out internet uh, web addresses, filtering out, making sure that nobody can, you know, ping or or nobody can access your firewalls or access your servers remotely or, you know, and then there's all the way to the people that you do give access into your network. It's called a VPN. A lot of people are familiar with the VPN. I need the VPN, which is virtual private network. I need the VPN into my network. And people think a VPN is good enough because you've got a username and password, and you have to log on again to your, your computer's username and password. <clears throat> but what they should be doing with that VPN is what's called multi-factor authentication, MFA. So it's another like, okay, I got to get this number on my phone. Not only am I putting in a username and password, but that alert comes to my phone, right? Or, or I have to put, type in this code, and then only I can get into it. They need that because a lot of these threats are happening through VPN. So it's that layer. Then on all the computers, you've got something called endpoint detection and response, which I'll let Ricky maybe get into. But the old-fashioned antivirus where it would just kind of sit there and scan your systems every once in a while and update and all that, the threat can get into those things, right? That's not going to work anymore for what's happening in today's uh, world. But EDRs and XDRs and all of those things are what's there now. It can kind of track what happens when a system changes to where it's flowing through into another computer or throughout the network and you can roll stuff back. So you can actually roll back instead of having to deal with a, a backup. So um, Todd, I know you had mentioned all these people were paying all us ransom, right? Well, with something like an EDR, not in every scenario, but something like an EDR, literally we could roll somebody back an hour before it happened and they're back up and running without even having mm. to like worry about my backup that's in the cloud, you know, stuff like that. So <clears throat> we're doing those layers at the PC level. Then it also gets into your servers. So you've got server and a backup server. And then you've got a, you know, you can put your servers in what's called a, a cloud or private cloud to where it's completely off your network. All your main data stays there in that cloud. So guess what? If you do get hit inside of your organization, somebody's laptop gets hit, you get an email, whatever, it's not touching those servers that are in that cloud on a separate network, separate domain, separate everything. And then it goes on from there. There's more layers. So then we're doing replication of those servers. Then we're doing backups of those servers in that cloud and then to a secondary cloud. And now we're adding a whole nother layer where it's, you're putting a shell around that. So that secondary backup to another data center, separate credentials, separate everything. And it's another service we provide, but you know, it can't be touched. So can eventually something get through all of that? I don't know right now. No, but maybe in two years, three years, four years, five years, who knows where we're going to be. We're probably going to be adding another 10 layers, right? But those are the kind of things that people could start to do to prevent these things from happening. But all that also sounds expensive, right? Not all of that's expensive, but we need all these layers. And, and Ricky, I know I talked a lot there, but you know, if you want to add to some of that, and, and I kind of just want to set that stage, it's not just one or two things to do. It's layer after layer after layer. And it's, it's from the piece of educating people to protecting your computer to backing up your data and then the restoration part, right? There's all of that you have to cover. Yeah, no, Vince, again, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's really kind of taking a step back and looking at your entire environment. What do you have? What can you put out there to keep it protected, whether it's EDR? And, and Vince, one thing I think you may have forgot to mention, too, it's just as important to keep your computers updated with the latest patches and third-party updates as it is to have EDR or all of these different layers that go into protection. And I think that's one thing our team is, is pretty good at is, is coming in and helping an organization or a client look over their entire infrastructure and come up with a plan. And a lot of times our solutions are more of like an a la carte approach. We can pick and choose what's most important and, and help you get those rolled out. 
Thank you, guys. That's a ton of information. Uh, it's all really good stuff. So, yeah. So, Vince, I guess one thing I did want to ask you about, and, and I'm kind of curious as to where it fits in and, and how many people use it and who, you know, are people not using it is, is kind of, and you mentioned it earlier in our discussion, but cyber insurance. So if you would just maybe explain to the listeners, because I don't think we've talked or if we have not much about this in the past, but what is it? Um, who has it? Who should have it? Yeah. Um, honestly, this is a hot topic right now and pretty much everywhere I go, everywhere I speak, Today, I do bring this up, and mm-hmm. cyber insurance is extremely important for organizations. It might be the one thing that saves you or saves an organization, especially the small businesses, right? So um, we've seen, uh, I, I know a couple of friends of mine who've lost a, a small business, not maybe not friends, but acquaintances <laughs> that mm-hmm. have lost a small business because of some of these threats that's happened, and you know they have had to pay the, uh, the, the, the ransom and things like that, but so cyber insurance, there, there's a lot of coverages you can get for cyber insurance. That could be something as simple as your server's failing and crashing, and then they can give you some you know, dollars back to pay for whatever, uh, maybe some type of an internet going down or whatever. But I think the, the most important thing right now with the cyber insurance is really coverage for threats of malware. And if somebody's getting hit with a ransom, cyber insurance is so extremely important. A lot of organizations have it, but I will tell you, I still talk to some, and they're like, um, you know what? I think I do. I got to look at my policy mm. or no, we don't have that yet. You know, or we've only got a really small policy and, you know, I get that actually quite a bit more often than I would hope. Many, many organizations do have cyber insurance. Now the industry's changing though with cyber insurance. So we also work with some companies that do the cyber insurance. Um, we've got a lot of clients that have their own insurance carriers that they are getting cyber insurance through. And one thing that is changing today is there's a lot of mandates and these mandates are going to change. So these cyber insurance companies are coming back every year as there's a a renewal for, you know, their clients, which would be, you know, somebody, our listeners, whoever that's going to be. But when they come back for renewal, they're saying, Hey, you should and must have an EDR. We mentioned EDR, right? Already Mm -hmm. endpoint detection response that you have to have, you should have multi-factor authentication MFA to where, you know, you're getting these numbers on your phone. That's a must. Another thing you should have or must have is education, phishing education. And basically, if you don't have those three things, and it's going to continue to add, right? So right. we talked about a lot of layers today that we're doing, all the way from the uh, security risk. Uh, I know we've talked about that before, to the MFA, to DNS filtering, to, you know, they're going to keep on adding layers. But what's happening is, is if you don't have at least those three things on many of these insurance companies, they're saying, Okay, and I'm just going to use the num- just numbers for, for just purposes of numbers, but you've got a million-dollar policy. If you don't have EDR, you don't have MFA, you don't have phishing education, we're going to take that million-dollar coverage for you, and we're going to drop that down by 75%. They might drop it down by more than 75%, but we're seeing this. It's, you know, it's like, okay, you've got all these things in place. Yeah, you're PCI compliant. You're always compliant, but if you don't have these couple of things, we're going to drop you down to 75% of your coverage. Oh, and by the way, what we're going to charge you, your premiums, we're going to charge you four times more, five times more. So, you know, instead of paying, and I'm, again, I'm just using general numbers, instead of paying, a, you know, 300 bucks a month, now you're going to be paying $1,500 a month for coverage that's only going to give you 200000 You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They're, right. they're having to do that. 
And until those people, those individuals, or those clients, or those organizations get these things in place, they will not give them that coverage. They will not do any of those things for them. Now, that's something to think about, though, is, number one, the insurance companies are doing that for a reason because they don't want to have to pay for all this stuff, right, that these people are lacking. Number two is it's actually paying for some of these solutions. So to a degree, mm. you know, you're paying a higher amount by not having them. Pay right. that lower amount, get your coverage, get your protection, right? It's, it's a benefit because it's actually paying for some of that, you know, the insurance, basically. You're, you're, you're reducing your rates. So definitely a big, huge topic right now. Everybody, everybody should have cyber insurance if you have any electronic data that's important to you that you're not, you know, you could care less about losing whatsoever. And even if, even if it's not that, even if you just have clients that you're worried about getting any kind of their information exposed somewhere, you need cyber insurance. I don't care who you are. That's a really, really important topic. And I hope that really resonates with, with listeners. And I mean, as all of this stuff should, but again, I don't, I don't know that we've talked a lot about that in the past, Vince, but that, that's something that really jumped out at me as we were kind of preparing to have this discussion. So I appreciate you covering that. 